Action Park. He probably you need like 15 food. different things already, and it's 11 o'clock. No, I haven't done that. You look great, man. We're on the same boat. We did dick. We did dick today. How are you, John? Good. I don't smoke till nighttime, so yeah. I'm with you on. I'm with you on that. Well, Joey, did did this Karen and 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 Pat? They, nice they, to meet you they guys. helped me produce Pleasure the uh, the you, podcast with me. I, I couldn't do this without these two guys here. So uh, they're really psyched that you're on today. It's a fucking nightmare doing these things like this. <laughs> <laughs> you never know what you're going to get. And the guy that helps me lives in Philly. Oh, so oh, I didn't know that. He can only come like twice a week and he can't make it here till two because he's got kids, too. So I'm going to pinch there also, you know. Mm hmm. No, thank God we got we got Pat. He takes care of our technicalities. All right, uh, he's all over it. I try. <laughs> Patty Wise, I'm with you on the night smoking. Though I can't smoke during the day. I'm fucking useless. No, I'm useless. No, no I used not. to be able to smoke all fucking day. I could get up at seven and smoke, but now I, there's too much going on. You know, I'm around parents, and uh, you know, it's just too much. I can't smoke in the house. I used to smoke in my office. You know. I can't smoke in the house. She gets back at three today. Thank God. <laughs> you look great, man. Thank you. So do you, you look we're great. Just, we're just trying to work out and stay healthy and drink water. Yeah. And that's it. You know, hydrate, hydrate. And you're only on 75 milligrams now, right? That's, that's all it, it takes. <laughs> Wait, what? You're down to 75 from yeah. 200, oh, 250. God. Like, are you kidding me? Fed, the 25 milligrams. Mm. That's it. That's it. 25 mils. But they're sleepy time. It's beautiful. That's yeah. the only way I, my, friends, my friends ask me. They're like, how can you, you know, how do you not wake up in the middle of the night and take a piss? I'm like, because I just take two huge bull hits before I go to bed. That's <laughs> this it. This is it right here. Yeah. I'm this good. is the tea of life right here. You put two pouches and a cup of fucking hot water. Oh, yeah. I throw three capsules in there and makes it the Michael Jackson tea. <laughs> Michael <laughs> Jackson. <laughs> it's happy new new time. I finish the tea. I take two hits off the pipe outside. I come in. I leave the TV on. I play the guitar for a little while. Uh, yeah, it's great. When I feel myself fucking up, I walk upstairs and pass out. Yeah. <laughs> has, has the guitar thing always been something, or did you just recently pick just, that up? Just picked it up. In the, February, March. Yeah. Stick with it. It's hard, wow. but it's hard, but I dig it. I like yeah. playing I've... something different than uh You know what it is? It, it gets me out of the zone. It gets me out of my mind for like Yeah, it does. It does. Yeah. It really does. It's yeah. a good escape. Yeah. It's a good escape. You know? All right. You got you want to start? No, we started. Let's do it. Forget Let's it. Start. We, we started we're, already. We're, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, we started. What we're are doing, we waiting we're, for? We got we got Coco Diaz on here. We're doing things a little differently. So what I found interesting, Joey, is that you've been doing stand-up for over 25 years. Most, most comedians, they start out in, in, in clubs and stuff. You started in prison. Yeah. That's crazy. How, That's like, how, how, how in that environment did, did you have, like, a little click with you? Did you hang out with a little click and just... It was the weirdest thing. The week that I committed the crime, the week that I got in trouble, I was selling Subarus. And a guy that I had had a problem with, it was a liner closer store. Like, so I get the customer, talk him into the car, and then he closes them. Him and I had gotten into an argument. And I didn't really dig him. We avoided each other for a few weeks. And out of nowhere, one day, he came over to me. And he goes, I know you don't like me, but I got to tell you something. He goes, do you know what I did before this? He goes, I worked in entertainment for 20 years in Las Vegas. He goes, I retired. And I can tell you that you're just as funny as the guys I used to hire. You should really consider it. And I got arrested and stuff. I never thought about it. I never really 
thought about it, and I got a job in the kitchen as a stock clerk. And I would mess around with everybody in the kitchen, and they would tell me, Cuba, you're funny, you know? Cuba, you're funny. All the brothers would always say, so I hung out with a bunch of Crips, and, you know, it was just this white dude from Philadelphia, <laughs> Park, and it was just crazy. Is, oh, this, hung- is this state time or federal time? This is state time now. This state, this is- that's, that's hard time. Yeah, when I got to my destination, it was a, it was really a camp. It was minimum security. So just from messing around in the kitchen, like in saying things, one day we would watch movies on Thursday nights, Wednesday nights, but the projector would always fucking go down, like in the middle of the movie. <laughs> you know, like the film would split in half. <laughs> I'll tell you what, man. Coco! <laughs> <laughs> You think if you think brothers talk in a movie theater, wait till the projector goes down. They go nuts, the brothers. The brothers go crazy in jail, you know. And they would yell, Cuba, get up there, you know, say yeah. some words. And I would go up there and we'd goof on this one brother that, you know, was like an orange brother and he had freckles. So all of us would just goof on him, you know, from the stage. And it was just all fun. That's like the that's the quintessential jester. Oh yeah. yeah, it's hard to you beat took, up the You funny took guy. it back to the roots of like where comedy comes from and everything. It's all like, right. yeah, all right, get, get Coco, get Coco now. <laughs> well, that, that's how we got by in school. Like, <laughs> if you didn't want to get bullied, you make him laugh. <laughs> you know, it was the craziest thing, and it just became a thing on Thursday nights. Yeah. Like I would go up there and go, all right, calm down. We had a good week. Tonight's movie is PT one oh nine. Jack Kennedy, you know, whatever. I would yeah. do like the announcing for the movie. Then the projector would go down and I'd go up there and start talking about, you know, whatever was going on at the prison that week. This idiot tried to escape. Can you believe that? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, just, you know I, I, there was this, it was, you know, when you go to prison, it's clicks. It's the bikers, the white supremacists, the Mexicans, you know, the African-Americans, then it goes into gangs, you know. Which, when I which, got locked up 30 years ago, there was really no Latin kings in there. It was basically bikers, a couple of white supremacists, and the rest were African-Americans. But I became friends with a couple of Crips. Did you have the ABs in there? No, these guys were from this kid that I was friends with was a dynamite kid. I loved him to death. He had... He was there for like conspiracy to sell like 18 kilos. He had seven girlfriends. He had seven kids with seven different women. They all lived in like fucking plush houses. He was like a cocaine fucking God for the Crips. So that's who I hung out with primarily. There was a kid from Cleveland, Severino, an Italian guy who would cook. He would cook in there with a fucking iron. He took the heart out of the iron. He would make sauce. He would make nacho cheese. And he also ran a book, like a, a uh, oh, yeah. you know, boxes for Monday Night <laughs> Football. So his, his reach was limited. I could speak Spanish. I could talk to the brothers. So I became his partner. And I started doing the cards and he would cook and we we sell the food together. He would make meatballs. So you were allowed out 20 <laughs> minutes a day it. to go to the store. Well, the, you know, Wait, out, 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 out like, in the world. Yeah. You could, the store was walking distance from the prison. Wow. So you had a 20 minute. If you behaved yourself every day, you could walk to the store. Did they wow. would a guard 20, 20 minutes to get there? No, they would just watch you from the hut. You could walk. It was like like where my tree house is, probably. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. From, from where we are right now. And they also had a Chinese restaurant, and they couldn't figure out how I would call the Chinese restaurant and tell them to have two egg rolls ready, <laughs> pork fried rice. And when I would walk back into the prison with the fucking Chinese food, they would lose their minds. Like, nobody in the history of this prison has ever figured that out. Calling so, uh, your order. When so when when you did the longest yard, I mean, you were like, you're like I got this all down packed. I had it down packed, like it yeah. was me. It was exactly what yeah. I knew. I knew that. Life. You were great in that movie, man. You were really Thank funny. You. It was my you first really big funny. movie. You know, I didn't know what to do. 
So I just <laughs> that, did what everybody was doing around me. That that's why I, lo I love talking to Joey. I, I I've been following you for a really really long time, especially all the things that you and Rogan did and and all that. But what I always liked about him is you welcome all these different cultures. When you grew up, you were taken in by this Italian family. You you experienced that after your mom. Uh, then as you got older, you w were in Colorado. Then you went to L.A. Then the whole stand-up stuff in L.A. and Seattle. Seattle. Um, Boulder. You know, and I'm like, crazy. I, I'm, and I'm talking to Joey like two weeks ago. Hey, Joey, you know, um, because you, you are making like this little exodus out of stand-up. Am I correct in saying that? Well, it's more like a breather. Okay. I just want to take a breather. He needs his own show. And you know what he tells yeah. me? He yeah. goes, I'm fucking old. You know, it's like, you know, I don't want to do it. And I admire Joey because he's so content. You seem so content what you have, where you are. You roll with the punches. I listen to you. I listen to your podcast all the time. I listen to old ones. I listen to, you know, you're about your family. You're about your daughter now, taking care of you. You're constantly restructuring your schedule around your family. And uh, I admire that, man. Mm. I, I really do. I see that. I really you know, do. I got a second chance, Dom. Hey. When you get a second chance, you know, I had a wife, I had a kid, you know, I was a fucking part-time junkie. I wasn't prepared for it at the time. And they got taken away from me. And I thought I was damaged goods for life. You know, like I, when I got into comedy, I got into comedy to drop out, Tom. I didn't get into comedy to become successful. I didn't think I'd ever be in a movie. I thought I couldn't even be good enough to be an extra. I got into comedy because I could have a pager and I could drive around the country and I could do whatever I wanted. I didn't have to wake up in the morning. Right. Mm. You know, it turned into something else and I'm very grateful. And it's like that guy said in the, in the American gangster, there's a big difference between quitting and quitting while you're ahead. So I got this second chance. I got this little girl. I got a great wife, you know, um, I had to look at my life from that perspective. I met Rain Pryor. You know, I knew Rain Pryor. Uh, and every time I'd see her, I never even thought about kids at that time. I saw the sadness she had. You know, if you went up to Rain Pryor and go, what would you rather have? The three million your dad left you or for him to spend time with you when he was lighting himself on fire? What do you think she, she would say, you know? So I write a journal for my daughter every day, you know, about my life, you know. So they go in a box. I try to write for her like Jax Teller on Sons of Anarchy, you know. I want her to know the truth on her terms. I'll tell her everything when she's ready. But right now mm -hmm. she's eight. I enjoyed what my mother did with me, but she didn't do me no fucking favors, Don. You, you shouldn't no. be in a bar when you're eight years old. Yeah. Watching people doing blow, talking about getting your balls licked when you ate. That just doesn't work. Yeah. You know, it's cute, but it doesn't work. So I'm trying to give her this completely different. When she's ready, I'll let her know. I'll show her the fucking, you know, the other side of New York City and the whole thing. But it all, you know, this journal that you're keeping, it will all be there for her. Yes. There, there'd be no mistaking anything. There'd yeah, be no yeah. outside no. interference. There'd be no, no. N there'd be no one to murky the waters for, for you regarding your, her knowing who her dad is. Uh, it's a great idea. I'm going to do it tonight. You're going to start Write a journal? Journals. Yeah, I swear to God. Hey, man, go do it. I, I swear to God. I wish I had kids. Why not? Yeah. Why? Let because, them know everything you're feeling and everything you're going through. Because I'd rather them hear it from my word. Not from you. Somebody else. Yeah. When my oh, mother died, wow. I heard shit from my uncle that I shouldn't have heard. Yeah. Why is my uncle telling me this? Why didn't she fucking tell me this? You know, so I, I took that, you know, after I watched Sons of Anarchy, he would always write a journal for his kids of what he wanted and what he didn't want for his kids. And that's where I stole the idea from. So, like, mm -hmm. she started camp yesterday. 
I wrote in there yesterday, she started camp and blah, blah, blah. You know, last week she did CCD with the Catholics, but only till 12. That's why I was with the Catholics. Catholics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go over there with the Catholics for a you week. Know, you know, I, I got. Love, I, I was going to use listen, that. Listen, I oh, got. I got Catholics. an eight-year-old. All right, I got an eight-year-old girl, and she, we, she's in the CCD. And I was like, all right, this is great. You send her there. You know, someone else is telling her. You know, how to at least you know be a decent human being, other than me. But then COVID hits. Next, thing you know, I'm the one on Sunday mornings reading this uh, this liturgical book. You, you're reading and the I'm parables. I'm teaching her about all this shit. I'm like, I didn't sign up to teach this. So, yeah, Which yeah. is not a good idea. I went no, to Catholic I, school. I mean, I know idea. all about that stuff. But they didn't teach him dick. She don't know about no. the sacrament. I asked her if she wanted it. I took her to church Sunday. I go, are you going to genuflect? No, I don't even know what that is. What <laughs> yeah, the fuck? I know. They talk about confession? No. What the fuck did they teach you over here? Nothing. It was like Catholic light. No sacrament. Where's the tabernacle? Yeah, where's the tabernacle? Where's the <laughs> You know, my mom used to go to, I went to Sacred Heart School for boys. And there used to be like a bell by the church. And my mom spotted the bell one day and she goes, I'm stealing that bell because it's going to bring you good luck at the Met games. <laughs> she would go to the Met games with this fucking bell and ring it. Well, guess what? The bell, the, the Mets got all the way to the fucking Eastern finals that year against the Reds when Pete Rose beat up Bud Harrell's. Seventy-three, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they didn't fucking make it. So my, I remember my mom going, "Take this fucking bell out of here! It's bad luck. It's the kiss of death. This fucking voodoo. They got you all the way to the Eastern Finals. Now you're calling it fucking voodoo." Kind of, you know? And then the nun caught me bringing back the fucking bell that was missing throughout the whole baseball season. What, 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 year, what year did your mom come from Cuba to the uh, states? Like 52. Wow. And then she went back, got an alias, and came back. My mom came here early because wow. my dad, the guy, for raping my aunt. Wow. So my, wife, my mom killed the dude, so they sent her to the United States. She met some Puerto Rican girl, took her identity, went back to Cuba, hooked up with my dad, had my sister, had me. And we got here in 66. Damn. Crazy. Wow. How did Damn. you get over here? Plane, I think. Mm -hmm. I think. I don't remember Cuba at all. Just being on the beach. I remember Have you been back? No. You could go back, though, right? You could go back. Yeah. Yeah, I don't have a passport. Okay. But if oh. you're of uh, this you Cuban when, when, when you get caught with a machine gun, it's tough to get a fucking passport. <laughs> <laughs> they won't let you leave. <laughs> It complicates he's things. like, oh, he's just not getting it. I got to tell him about the machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> so, you, any, do you remember your comedy or acting or auditions or anything like any time that you remember bombing? You have like that 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 story of I just I wish I was under a rock right now. Listen, I know every bomb. I remember every time I bet a team and they lost, you know, every time you had to pay the bookie, you remember exactly the, line, the point spread, how you got beat up. You know, I remember just bombing for a long time, guys. I, I still remember going home in 94 and crying myself to sleep as a grown man, as a 30 something year old man, like, because I wanted it so bad. You know, I wanted to be funny. I wanted to succeed in it. And I didn't know what to do. And it's right in front of you. Just get on stage. Keep getting on stage. Keep putting yourself in bad positions. You see four guys in the corner, you show up with a fucking microphone. You know, it's just, I used to go to, po I started comedy in Boulder. It's not comedy friendly. Right. So I used to get, I used to have to go to poetry readings. And I would go up on stage and do a little poetry first. And I would talk about eating ass and slinging dick. And they would go, get the fuck out of here. This is <laughs> There's a lot of poetry in slinging dick. <laughs> I, I, I was watching uh, one of your pods, uh, the, what, uh, the podcast you, you were recently doing. And 
you were talking about how happy you are that you're in New Jersey now. That you're away from Los Angeles. Uh, and not really speaking that fondly about it, of what it's become. And, and can you elaborate on that a little more? Like, uh, I, I know you, 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 you left L.A. during the COVID. You went to New Jersey. You have the kid, you, you have your daughter there. Basically uprooted and, and doing everything new there. But what's your feeling about what's going on in L.A. and people going to Texas and, you know, Arizona, going, Arizona, going to all these places like that? I always knew I wasn't going to raise my daughter there. I always knew that. Okay. When we came back here in 2016 for the holidays at the airport, my wife asked me why we were going back. And I, I, I couldn't answer her correctly. I said, it's where my business is, whatever. But then I came back to shoot The Sopranos. And I was here for three weeks. And I saw the difference. I felt it on the set. Shooting in New York and shooting in L.A. Mm. is two different animals. Two different animals. Mm -hmm. When you shoot New York, they're there. It's a no-nonsense situation. When you shoot in L.A., there's fucking agents and managers and a bunch of jerk-offs on the set that don't fucking belong there. They just don't belong there. They're just there getting a free meal or whatever. It was just time to, I don't know. It was, it just felt, I had not, I had an opportunity in Texas, but again, Dom, I've been alone since 1985. I've been out there in the world, you know, and you have your friends, you have your clique, but you're alone. You know, when pandemic came and all that, I was going to come here to finish the Sopranos March 16th and 17th of 2020 the plan was to come march 9th do nyack march 11th and then that weekend look for a house in bergen county that was the plan yeah. COVID shut all that down and COVID hit bergen county really hard yeah mm -hmm. so i have a brother down here and I used to come down here all the time and I really liked it. It's just a lot more wilderness. There's deers, there's fucking raccoons, there's coyotes, there's fucking, you know. So I called a friend of mine, his sister-in-law was a realtor and we ended up here a month later. I had an opportunity to go to Texas and I miss Rogan and I miss those guys, but it was time to be close to family. Hmm. It was time to come home. You know, it was just time. When I left here in 85, I left here a fucking maggot. I left here a piece of shit. You know, I felt I could come back and hold my head high. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I left here a punk, but I came back a man. Right. And, uh, you know, I had to come back and apologize to a few people and get back in. But we're cool. You know, I go up to my hometown once a week. I get a sandwich at the deli. I say hello to a few people and I come right back down. There's been a lot of friends of mine that we grew up together and hey, we have our own lives now. Everybody's different. So my expectations were a little different. I thought I would see the people I didn't think I'd see, I'm seeing. And the people I thought I'd see, I'm not seeing. Well, you 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 said something really interesting. Um you said, well, you know, my, my, my phone doesn't ring as much anymore, right? Yeah. Now that you're in New York, because no one needs anything. No one, <laughs> you know, <laughs> he's right. I hate, I hate to say it, you know, um, I don't know if it's this business. I don't, I've always, there's always been a part of me that that's always felt alone. When you're in your dressing room, before they call you. To go on to set, you're alone. You act with people, but there's there's that that moment you're alone. I'm sure there's that moment when you're on stage, or you get on stage and you're about to rock a crowd. You're alone. I never, I always regretted 
not moving to Los Angeles. I used to see all the people I, I would come up with in the business move to Los Angeles. Karen, Karen I think you moved mm -hmm. to Los Angeles, right? I did the same thing he did. Wife got pregnant and I bounced. Yeah. <laughs> and I, never, I always regretted it. I never could bring myself to be that far away from my family. Yeah. And so I never did. So anytime I went to Los Angeles or anytime I was in a city, if you ever saw me in a city and I was working, I was only there because I was doing the gig. Home has always been here. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to lie. There's, I was like, oh, maybe if I was out there, maybe I would have been around more people. I would have been, you know, now I'm going back to my 20s when I was going out. Maybe I would have been in certain circles. Yeah. Who knows what that would have done for me. It's true. But you got to look forward, you know. You can't, you know. There's certain things I look <laughs> in the rearview mirror for, you know, the good times, the memories. Uh, but. As far as my career, um, it's just moving forward. You can only connect the dots looking oh. backwards. I, I, yeah. It's, I uh, it was, but it I, I know, I know what me. he means. It was what? easy for me because I didn't have a mom and a dad. Yeah. If I would have had a mom, I would have still been living in the fucking basement. You know me, dog. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere. I tell everybody, if your mom's still alive, go move back in with her. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> she's a pain in the ass because when she's gone, you're going to feel it, cocksuckers. Yeah. So yeah. you Got better it. have with mom and dad as much as you can, especially now. You know, it's tough out there right now. So that was easy for me, Dom. When I was, I left New York in 1985. New York was on fire. It was a different fucking city. It was tremendous. It was fun. I went to see Prince and Sheena E. And Nucleus for 15 bucks at the Ritz. You know, it was a different city. I would go to a Nick game whenever I wanted. I would just get on the fucking bus, go to the, boom, you're at the Nick game. I'm, I'm on a buck 35, copping bags of weed. I'm on 181st, getting fucking cute. I would take the bus over, get a bag of reefer, and go to the movies on 181st and Broadway right there. <laughs> Called The Last Dragon. I saw <laughs> Rambo 2, you know. The city was my life. I left here in the heat of it mm -hmm. because I just, I knew that I would end up dead here. It was yeah. too exciting. You could go into the city at four and buy an Uzi. Anytime. In 1985. You know, you go into the city. I remember going right off uh, the George Washington Bridge. There's a, a parking garage. You just pull in there and they take you to the 12th floor and there's a casino there and, and there's hookers and there's Coke and there's playing cards. It was, the city was too wild. It was too open. I would have never made it. I would have died. Yeah, people wouldn't recognize the city in 85. No. You know, people, yeah. The difference. Night and day, man. Night and day. Tijuana in 85. Yeah. It's, uh, it was, I left here when it was rough to leave here, but I knew that I wouldn't fucking make it. And then I came back in 93, did comedy for about nine months in the city. And that was rough. I lived with a friend of mine and I sold cars on 12th Avenue. And then at night I would fucking go out and do comedy. What was the state of comedy in the 80s? Well, I got into it in 91. And yeah. it was on a the big boom, right? 90s was, was a... Yeah, it was, Comedy Central had just started. Right. Comedy Central opened up like June of 91. I got on stage July 16th of 91. Um, you know, I forget who was big then. Like, I forget who the big guys were. It was like Anthony Clark and Steve McGrew and Roman had just blown up. Was Patrice around? Patrice was around, but he was in New York. Okay. I started in Denver. Okay. I started in Denver, Boulder area. And then I came back here in 93 and I just did like the New York comedy club. And I would just do bar shows. And then once I figured out how I wanted to do, what made me figure out was I went to a bar called the Old Triple Inn. And I saw John Leguizamo on stage at two in the morning playing to eight people. But in his mind, he was in the garden. I was like blown away. Like this motherfucker's doing a show for eight people. And he's up there putting his heart into it. He thinks he's at the garden. So once I had that down, I went back to Colorado 
and I really worked on my craft. I really got on stage every night. I learned how to do it. And it was a struggle. And then I ended up in Seattle. Somebody said the scene was better in Seattle. So I went to Seattle and I got up there. That's where I met Josh Wolf and Brody Stevens and all those guys, rest in peace. Mm-hmm. And then I was doing a show the night before Thanksgiving in Seattle. And a guy from CBS was booking a pilot. I was never going to go to L.A. I had been to L.A. a thousand times. I got an uncle there. I didn't like it. I never liked L.A. I didn't. There was no no way to get around. I tried to go there in 84. My uncle said he'd give me a job in the Olympics. You know, there were, the phone company was hiring. But you couldn't make it happen without a car in L.A. No. So I didn't like it. Can't get so around. When I went to L.A., it was just for a few months. It was going to be for a few months. I was going to shoot this pilot for CBS. And then I was going to go back to Colorado and work for a sports betting service. That was the plan. It didn't work out. Everything worked. The pilot didn't get picked up. But I ended up shooting a commercial for Taco Bell. It was the first one with the dog. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a big commercial. One, one door closes, another one opens, hey. man. Yeah. It's so it's so true. It's fun. It's fun. It's funny you say that you saw John Leguizamo play to eight people like he was in the garden because I think Sebastian said the same. Yeah. We had Sebastian mm-hmm. on a couple of weeks ago, and he said the same thing. He, he goes whether he, whether it was eight people, eight hundred people, eight thousand people, he hit it the same. Doesn't so, matter. Yeah, you got to put one hundred and ten percent, no matter what. Yeah. I remember being down there a lot of nights with Sebastian. I still remember when the Sopranos got hot. Bill Maher was on Politically Incorrect on ABC, and he had Mob Week, and they were looking for three guys to do sketches. And I went down there to audition, and I saw Sebastian hanging out with some dudes that couldn't book a fucking headshot. You know what I'm saying? You know those guys, <laughs> you know those Italians, Gino. And yeah. They can't book a head- so i grabbed sebastian he was very quiet then very quiet i grabbed sebastian and took him in there and i go just follow my lead and him and i ended up booking it wow i'll never forget bill maher the assistant came up to us and said whatever you do don't shake bill maher's hand and don't make eye contact with him really the first thing i did (laughs) that motherfucker's hand and why though, Joey? Yeah. Why? Because <laughs> that's the way people are, dog. I don't know. I don't ask questions. Don't look him in the eye and shake his hand. That's the first fucking thing I did. That's awesome. That's fucking <laughs> weird, man. See, I like watching. Like you, you catch Joey <laughs> pops up all over the place. You never know when. Whenever you're watching, you never know when he's just gonna pop up and be on TV. And yeah, I loved it because you know I. Uh, I worked with like uh, Bert Kreischer uh, back in the day, and when I saw you on the cabin, you popped up in the cabin. I was like, "Oh man, things are gonna go sideways pretty fast." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they had a guy there hand hand rolling the fat Godfather blunts for. Them. Oh man, it was it looked it looked like a magical experience. How how uh, long were you in the cabin for? The cabin, five hours, six hours. <laughs> we were like weeks. We were there from like three to like nine o'clock at night, ten o'clock at night. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Nice. And how many times did you see Bert's penis in that time span? <laughs> I don't think any. I don't think any. <laughs> I, don't think... I lived with him for uh, for three days once, and I think he whipped it out like thirty times in the three days. I don't know. He just likes running around naked. It's very <laughs> yeah, odd. He does yes, he does. I, I don't look. <laughs> I don't look. <laughs> You're half a finok. You can't look. All right, we're gonna we're gonna throw Joey some questions, and then I wanna I wanna get into something after that. Uh, so Joey, uh, what what is what's one of your biggest pet peeves? Hmm. I don't know. I got a lot of them. I don't know. One. A lot of triggers. Uh, Biggest pet peeve, people who keep up with the Joneses. I like people who beat to their own fucking drum, you know? Amen. Amen. I don't like, uh, that's why I didn't like LA. I know the podcast you were talking about. 
it was a frustrating when you're not. Here's the deal. I wasn't in the circle, but at the end of the day, I didn't really want to be in the circle. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I couldn't be mad about whatever. <clears throat> when I got into this, it was to just be for me to be better. It wasn't for me to be a show off for me to just do certain things. I didn't like my behavior in LA. I didn't like a lot of things, but I think my biggest pet peeve is just, you know, people who just try to like, you, you ever go to a premiere and there's somebody there that wasn't in a movie and you're like, why are you here? Yeah. I have <laughs> to be here. I don't even want to be here. Why are you here? I don't want to be here. <laughs> You're like me, man. People no, I'm networking. What the fuck are you talking about? You network on stage. You network when you're on the fucking screen. That's when you fucking network. Just because I got to go to a bar and drink with a bunch of people I don't like and make believe I like them, I'm not doing that. I would no. never fucking do that. I don't want to do that, you know? Yeah, it's not my thing. Not my thing. No, either, it's not man. my thing. <laughs> no. I don't like when people ask themselves questions and answer them. Like, am I happy with the decisions I've made? Yes. Could I have lived my life a little differently? Maybe. Yeah. I fucking hate. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Too many wow, commercials. Right. It, gets, it gets it. Someone did it to me the other day, and I'm just like, uh, how many questions are you going to ask yourself in a row before I can just fucking walk away? Sorry. I don't. I well, don't like yeah, people I, who speak in the third big, person. Not big fucking question guy. Like not a, good ask a lot of questions and shit. It drives me fucking. What's with the fucking questions? Enough. Yeah. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the hot seat. Welcome to the hot seat. <laughs> Sorry, Joey. We well, can only ask him two more questions. Yeah, I'm it. only going to ask it. him two it. more. Oh, no, no, cut, I don't cut it. <laughs> when people come up to you and ask you questions, you don't fucking know the answers. I, I'm barely walking around. Like I'm making it, just walking around. Like, I, I don't know where the fuck this is. Step yeah. by step. You know, when people give you directions, like if you know, you know, next time you go to Brooklyn, stop by this place here on 70 yeah. South. I don't fucking know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I'll and remember anyway. Fucking years. I need a, a guide dog if I go to Brooklyn. <laughs> but I, I, I got to tell you, I, I used to like how people back in the day gave directions. Oh, yeah. You're going to see a gas station. Hey. It's going to be on yeah. your left. Okay. Not that gas yeah. station. The one after it. Then oh, make yeah. a go, right. Go to Ireland. Yeah. And get directions in oh, Ireland. Oh, you told yeah. me about directions oh, in Ireland. Yeah. Well, you know, you want to go up about two more roundabouts and then inquire further. It's like you're telling me to go ask someone else for and directions. And inquire further. <laughs> nice way of saying, hey, go blocks. fuck yourself. Call me when you get there. <laughs> Call me when you get there. You're up on a karaoke stage. What song are you singing? Whole lot of love. Yeah. Get the let yes. out, motherfuckers. Get the let out. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's crazy, Dom. Again, when I first got into comedy, there wasn't a lot of comedy rooms. So I would have to go to a karaoke bar, put in like Journey, and then go up there. <laughs> They'd put on Don't Stop Believing, and I'd grab the mic and start fucking doing comedy. The guy would go, Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great idea. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I'm, I'm, I really want to ask you this question because of the life you lived um, and, and everything you've been through, um, which we have. Shit, there's a lot of stuff we haven't even touched on regarding Joey. But um, if you could go back in time and give yourself a piece of advice, how old are you and what's that piece of advice? I would be 18. I see fucking kids today and it breaks my heart. The reason I did the podcast was not to show you that I'm better than you or that I'm funnier than you, is to let you know that no matter what's happened in your life, you could bounce back. I still remember the day the attorney called me and he goes, the first deal is nine years and you're getting kidnapping too. And I remember how I felt. I'm 25 years old and I'm about to do nine fucking years. That means I'm gonna get out of here when I'm 34 fucking years old, you know? 
I think at 18, I was always in a rush. I was in a rush and I was worried about what I didn't have. You know, if I was 18 again, I'd tell myself to relax, enjoy the journey and to take life as it comes. You know, you can't, I was really fucking beating myself. I beat myself up naturally. I'm one of those guys that, you know, not like I, I beat myself up mentally. Like I want perfection. You know, when you're on stage, I want it to be right. You know, I, you know, just to be, you could always bounce back in this life. There's one person I want to beat the fuck out of. That's my guidance counselor from high school. They ruin more fucking lives than anything, guidance counselors. You're not prepared to make a life decision at 18. No way. Uh-huh. No. Go, no to, way. go to work for a year or two and then go to college and see what you really want to fucking do. Society puts all this pressure on you when you're 20 and 21 that it fucks you up for life. It PTSDs you. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to go to college. So I got out of prison. I get married, I have a kid, and I sign up for college. And one day I find myself and I go, okay, this is the life I want. And now what do I do with it? So now I'm going to go get a job and get a gold watch when I'm 65. I got Saturdays and Sundays off. That's it. This is it. There's got to be something better. And that's what made me go into comedy. It was going to be a new adventure every day. You know, I wanted a new adventure every day. I thought about moving back to New York and working at the stock market. And I'm like, do I really want to get on a fucking bus with my brown lunch every day and a train and do all that stuff? No. So if I was 18, I could just tell myself to be patient, uh, be happy and have a great fucking time. I took life too seriously when I was young. Mm. Probably hard on yourself, too. Yeah. Yes, very hard. Karen, Pat, mm-hmm. you got a question? Uh, there's a, <clears throat> is there a, uh, a scene from a movie that scarred you as a child? Uh, Death Wish, the rape scene. Ah, oh, the, first, the first one. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that's hard. Brutal. Hard. Brutal. 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 And to watch it when you're 10 and to oh, know that you love and your the mother, funeral scene. Yes, your mother is behind the bar working. Like I watched Death Wish on, you know, Times Square with my godfather at the age oh, yeah. of two. And I still remember that rape scene. And like I go, that could be my mother. Yeah. So if somebody ever comes to you and says, Joey put a gun to my head, it could happen. If somebody comes to you and says, Joey robbed me, Joey hit me, it could happen. But if somebody says to you, Joey raped me, that would never happen. No. no. Because that scene hit me that hard as a young man. It made me treat women differently. It opened up my eyes to what could happen to a woman. Yeah. That's why I love jujitsu for women. Mm -hmm. I love women to get into jujitsu because in 20 years, you're going to see a bunch of people walk around with fucked up elbows from them breaking their fucking arms. Good. Good. And that's what I want for women. So they never, ever fucking get raped. That scene is true. Yeah. yeah, I love that. That's why I like asking that question, because it's amazing how long something like that will stay with you and stay fresh in your mind. Oh, you don't like forget something you like that. You see something like that in a film and that sticks with you. It's crazy how long. I mean, you probably saw that in 82, 83? 73. 73. No, 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 no. The, the first Death Wish. Yeah, first I, I, I remember watching. I was born in 76. I remember watching in the 80s and it, it was already... You know, all the other stupid dead wishes came out. Oh, yeah. But if you watch the original, mm. even the funeral scene where he's talking to the father-in-law, yeah. I think, right? Yes. Shot. It's dark. It's cold. Yeah. Like, you watch it, you can even feel the cold come from the screen. Yeah. It's like a winter day, right? A winter afternoon, a winter evening. I can't remember a winter morning, but you could feel it. Yeah. I, I know exactly what he's talking about. Yeah. How about you? You got one of those scene from movie? Uh, I have a lot of them. Mine I'm a big movie buff like Joey. I, 
I gravitate to a lot of movies that were made in the 70s. What, how about something that just scared the shit out of you when you were a kid? Or was, you know, oh, something you saw and you shouldn't have seen. The first time I saw Poltergeist. It's not a God. scene. Jeez. It's it's not a scene. It's not it's not a scene. It's uh it's a score. The omen. Oh yeah, Jeez. the first Canadian omen. Disturbing. The door the dog. Yes. Yeah. That, hated that when movie. I hear that. And every time I hear Mr. Sandman bring me a dream, yeah. I always think of Halloween. You're eight years old again. Yeah. Instantly. Yeah. It's that stupid it's, shit it's like that. Stupid but, uh, shit. For, um, for, me, for me, it was it was The Shining when that old decrepit lady gets out of the tub and starts coming at. Oh my! Oh, you God. didn't think she was hot? Yeah. Oh uh, no, she was she hot. Was hot. <laughs> say, when she was hot, it was good. But then all of a sudden, her skin was falling off. That shit stuck with me. I remember sneaking my head into the room while that was going on. I was probably seven or eight. And she I was, was like, like, "Oh, this is getting good." <laughs> Dude, those, those, that, Whoa! That's when that's when horror movies like well, like there was a story behind it. Yeah, yeah it wasn't just gore. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let me tell you how old I am. Right around The Exorcist came out. Like when The Exorcist came out, I saw it in the movie theater. I was a big time Catholic. You know, I worked a bingo for fucking Saint uh, Sacred Heart. You know, he was hardcore Catholic. Yeah, yeah you worked a bingo. <laughs> I was, I was hardcore. I was, I was robbing that bingo. Fucking. <laughs> I was walking out of there with 40, 50 bucks. <laughs> My mom's like, how are you buying these G.I. Joes? Don't worry about it. Bingo's a good <laughs> But uh, there was a movie that came out, and I can't remember what the name of it is. I've asked a thousand people. Nobody remembers. After The Exorcist came out, a movie came out that they actually gave you a vomit bag. Oh. Ask your parents. Ask one of your uncles that's a little older than me. Like, it's like, not Phantasm, is it? No, there was a horror movie. That Faces was of Death. So bad. Faces of no, Death. It, was, it wasn't Faces of Death. Yeah. There was like a, a, something to do with Satan. It was so bad that they gave you a puke bag on the way in. Oh, yeah. And then the movie got yanked in the movie theaters. I must have been 10, 9, 11, around there. The devil's lair, the devil's something. It was just fucking awful. Not the hills would, have eyes. I, would, I <laughs> wouldn't go see it. No, I wouldn't go see it. Yeah, terrible. Yeah, there was all those uh, horror movies. Like, then they got really stupid. They always but, uh, fucking stupid. But, like, watch Amityville. Oh, go yeah. ahead. Go watch Amityville again. It still holds up. Yeah. Watch, still holds up. Watch the... The actor was so good. Oh, wow. then. Yeah, yeah. what? Watch that movie again, and watch when he's chopping the wood, and the and his business partner is trying to talk to him. Hey, man, come on, you got to mm -hmm. come back. You got to come back to work. How chilling it is, the look that he gives him. Yeah, yeah. After he's chopping the wood, and he looks at him. Yeah, it's amazing. That movie's amazing. <laughs> hey, man. Uh. Yeah, there was a lot of great directors with... back then. Great directors. Great, great. Like, uh, if you read, um, uh, gosh, uh, The Exorcist, uh, the scene, uh, will you, if you read uh, William Freakin's book, you see that, uh, that, that the priest is having that scene, uh, and he just comes out, he comes out, and he smacks him. Cold yes. hand smacks him. And the actor, God forgive me, I can't remember his name. Um, livid, livid. But he he got. You can't do that shit today. No. <laughs> no. You can't you can you can't, can't do that today. Anybody? Yeah. Hit me. I I look. I'm a sponge, man. When I when I get on a set or something, I I I. That's one person who I put all my trust into. You know, and, and, you, and uh, you like to be slapped around a little bit. I would love to work with those. <laughs> I, I I wish I could work with some of those directors, man. During that time, you know, um, Friedkin, that, back from the French Connection. There was some great directors. Uh, 
I just watched a couple scenes from the Cincinnati Kid last night. Ah, Steve McQueen. Steve McQueen never said anything. No, right? No, it was less was more. Less was more. Talk, talk with his face. People don't really. People thought he was just a pretty face. He spoke so many words by just Just looking at you. That's how that that that's what his genius was. You know, other than the good looks and everything, um, very few people do that. You know? He was a fucking savage, McQueen. Man, a savage. just a savage. Joe, you still doing uh, jujitsu yourself? You're practicing? No, that? no, I did my, I redid my knees. So, oh, jujitsu's out. I gotta. Uh, uh, you're like knees. So, shout out to our buddy John Rollo. Yes, <clears throat> temporarily, or are you gonna get back? You know, I would. If I get back, I'm gonna do it with like a bunch of old guys. Mm. Like in LA, there was an executive class at sure. 7 a.m. Yeah, Sounds like a show to me. And it was, <laughs> it was, you know, six or seven guys that were over 45. Mm-hmm. It's a different type of workout. It's more drilling. And then towards the week, you roll more so you don't get beat up as much, you know, more close guard stuff, you know. So, yeah, I'll get into it. But I need to meet some guys that are yeah. right. You can't, like, go crazy on Joe. It's, tough, it's tough to be, you know, 50 and go to jujitsu with kids that are 28. You have fun. They keep you young. No. But it doesn't do great for your esteem. Like, you, you're not going to beat them. They're too no, quick. No, no way. And forget about no gi. With the gi, I can hold on to your neck for an hour and breathe. At least. <laughs> and get on top of you. No gi is constant. You're constantly slippery, fucking moving. Slippery so, situation. Uh, wow. I think we have a movie here. Yeah. <laughs> Joey and a bunch of old guys doing jujitsu. Yeah, it's, it's great. It really is great. You sweat your ass off. You learn shit, but you got to do it with people who love you. You got to do it with people, especially our age. I can't, you know, I pull on Dom's arm and he can't work for eight weeks. What good is fucking jujitsu? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So you got to do it with people who love you. You know, uh, people who are into you. People who are going to stop and go, is that too much? Let's do this right. You know. We're fun. doing this as fun, so yeah. That's why I I like boxing at uh at contenders with mm-hmm. uh Rob because he knows, he knows when to hold back. He knows when to yeah. to go. I, I I sparred six rounds yesterday, and he never overdoes it. It's it's I don't know how it is in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and and all that, but when you're boxing, sometimes when you're sparring with people and you get a good one in. Mm. They come back with you three like three times fold. They mm-hmm. they really want to hurt you. They put you back in your place. Yeah, and that's why you have to be very careful mm-hmm. who who you're doing it with. You, you know, um, you have the Saint uh, Saints of Newark coming out. I think that comes oh, out yeah. in October, right? Yes, sir. How was that experience? The best experience I've ever had on the set. But I also gave it my all. I was also you know, usually when you do a, as a comic, I didn't know anything about movies. I took a couple acting classes. I got the movie Basketball. It was a <laughs> joke to me, you know, like, I like those guys. But it was like, when you, when you come from the comedy side into acting, you look at it differently. And then I think by the time I did The Longest Yard was when I got really about acting. Yeah. I really wanted to yearn and learn more. I always love good acting. I love watching good acting. I know when I'm watching something really good. And when I got The Sopranos, I almost didn't take it. Tom Papa had to talk me into it. In fact, I called him when I saw the trailer and thanked him for talking me into it. But I said, if I take this movie, I'm going to do it 100%. I'm going to be a gentleman. I'm not going to give anybody a hard time. And that's exactly what I did. And I learned from David Chase. I learned that that style of comedy that he has. You know, the fucking scene when they do the intervention is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life. In the soprano. (laughs) So that's what life is all about, is taking something dark and making it funny. You know, yeah. that's an art. So that's yeah. an art. 
So I learned as a comic how to be funny with using air. David uses a lot of air to be funny. It's a joke and then air. Let it let you absorb it. That's the way a joke is 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 supposed to be written. It's an earned pause over time. You know, we forgot. So I had to relearn that. It was a great experience. It was a different type of comedy, to be honest with you. You know, you think you know all the comedy. You think you know everything. After 28 years, 27 years. And I relearned comedy from him. He has a different way. It comes from a different place. Yeah. So it was very interesting, and I'm happy I did it. I can't wait to see it, man. Yeah. When I really, it I'm, come out? I'm really stoked to see it. When's October first. October first. Okay. October first. I can't wait. Uh, what are you watching now, Joey? Anything on on the tube? You know, we've done this pandemic, and we've watched fucking everything. Oh yeah. But during this <laughs> pandemic, we watched left. everything and then some. The only thing that has not aired and I'm furious about is Apocalypse Now. I've seen Moneyball 80 times. I've seen <laughs> Death Wish was on. Death Hunt was on. I watched Valley Girl the other night when he was still Nicholas Coppola. You know, I, I, I've... I've <laughs> when he was still did, you watch, did you watch Into the Darkness? No. That's the making of Apocalypse Now. It was, uh, that was uh, Coppola's uh, wife was documenting the whole experience when they were on that island and the whole thing with Brando and and the heart attack. Uh, and like fucking nothing was going right. Yeah. Nothing. And she had all this documented. It's called Into the Darkness. I That's recommend if yeah. there's a re- I recommend you watch that yeah. and then call me Joey, call me after it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll because big movie buff, so you would appreciate that movie, big time. Okay. And when you're done with that, watch the behind the scenes documentary on Caddyshack. I very much recommend. <laughs> <No>. Okay. <laughs> they got all these young guy, young people just living. You know, all these young people living on like on the golf course where they're filming the movie, and they're all just parting their balls off every night. And then poor Ted Knight is in the middle of it, yelling at everybody for not being professional. You know. Yeah. How about a fresca? <laughs> and Bill Murray and Chevy Chase hating each other, and they they didn't want to be in the scene with each other. I didn't know that. Each other. I didn't amazing. know that. Then yeah, they, they forced them into that. a scene. And that scene when he's in there, you know, did anybody it, like Chevy Chase? That's all. That was last minute improv, and then they forced them in a scene together. It was hysterical. Wow. Bill Murray and Chevy. Mm-hmm. Joey, thank you so much. I know. Uh, I know you got a schedule. I know you got to keep a schedule. But no, um, I'm good, man. But I love you guys, and I didn't want you to think I was throwing you to the wolves. It's just been, in fact. My wife is in the garage putting fucking stickers on boxes right now. Oh, God. Because UPS is coming Friday to pick up more cups. Because <laughs> no. we're sending them out for Patreon. So Nice. Awesome. Wow. That's cool. our life right now. So I uh, thank you for appreciating. Thank you for uh, having me on. And, love the, name, you, and the name of your podcast is? Uh, the Joy Joy's, Joy's Joint. And I got a fucking strain of reefer coming out in July. <laughs> <laughs> oh, quick question before you leave. So follow at Laughing Gas at Instagram. It comes out July 16th. Yes. The ice cream shop. Yes. What's your, favorite, what's your favorite snack after you just uh, smoke up? Look, they're, they're, they're arm, at arm's length. Ah. ah. There you go. <laughs> Keep it healthy, that, Joey. Keep it healthy. That's a show. <laughs> For those of you at home, those were uh, on it protein bites. What were these? On it. Butter ones are delicious. Peanut butter protein bites. I think Man. it's uh, 14 grams of proteins, so it's two eggs. You get your little chocolate fix, and you it's go to bed. two eggs. That's, That's beautiful. Great. Yeah, you get your little dark chocolate fix, and you go to bed. Oh, you're better than me, man. And if not, you eat an apple to back it up, so when you wake up in the morning, it comes right out of your muffin. Oh. Like, boom. <laughs> you just needs And it flies out like a missile. Goosey-goosey. <laughs> I had three tacos the other night. You don't want to talk about them. Oh, yeah. (laughs) No, keep it to yourself. What about fucking Sidney Chestnut? I wonder what his asshole smells like. Oh, my God. 76 kidneys and fucking. Oh, my God. Oh, man. Very patriotic. 76. (laughs) 
I, can you imagine eating 76 fucking hot dogs? One of his ass all like, must be a fucking yeah. thing. You go behind the stage and you vomit that shit up right away. You, you have to. Keep that down. Such a you have to. I don't know how he did it, but I love you guys. Stay black. Joey. <laughs> Thank you, Joey. Later, Joey. You too. Thank you. Bye. Hey, thanks for listening. Don't forget to uh, rate our podcast and leave some comments. We love hearing your feedback. And check out our YouTube channel at Dom's Den Podcast. Thank you.